Hi, and welcome to Inglewood Presbyterian Church in Kirkland, Washington. We are a church for the neighborhood, whether you're a local neighbor or from far away, all are welcome here. We are pleased to present to you our weekly Sunday sermons. Our head pastor is James Cuman, and you can find more information about us on our website at inglewoodpc.org. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. For us as people who follow Jesus, the two central rites, the two sacraments that are given to us as the church, as we understand those Protestants, are Lord's Supper and baptism. And this morning talking about baptism, one of the difficulties we face is that it's, well, it's pretty familiar. So as we begin, it's good to just expand our imaginations a bit. For starters, when we think about playing in the water, when we think about lakes and oceans and large bodies of water, we, particularly in Seattle, being blessed with things like Lake Washington, we, we think of scenes like this. We think of the beach, the shore, la playa. We imagine fun with friends and family, relaxation, the sunshine, enjoying life together. In direct contrast to how we think of water, in the Bible, the first time water appears, it looks like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and utterly empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep waters as the Spirit hovered over them. You see, for the people of ancient Israel, Large quantities of water were not something to go and play in. They were not merchants and navigators as a rule. They, they stayed on the land. The land was the place of life and safety. Waters, large waters, whether floods or oceans, were a place of chaos and death. And of course, many of you know the story. Those first two human beings almost immediately declared their independence from God. And just a few generations later, God himself is speaking, saying that every thought and intention of the human heart is only evil continually. Things fall apart. And then God sends a flood. God sends the waters of chaos to erase the space for life that he had created, but saves eight people. And then now fast forward to the story that we've been spending our time meditating on this summer, the story of the Exodus. 
Once again, these enslaved Israelites, in their first moment of freedom, are faced with the chaotic waters of death in front of them, the waters of the Red Sea. But God shows up and saves them through the waters. He makes a pathway for life, leading them safe to the other side, into new freedom and new life, and a new identity as his people. Not just the physical descendants of Abraham now, but Egyptians and others who have joined themselves to God's people and received his promise. And then the same thing again at the waters of the Jordan River, which was bigger than what's behind me, and was in flood, which means it looked more like this. The Jordan, at the time that God's people crossed, were brought through on dry land. That Jordan River was the waters of deathly chaos personified. And once again, God brought his people through those waters, safely to the other side, into their new home, in a new relationship, a full life with him. And so having stretched our imaginations a bit to understand how God's people would have understood water, the symbolism of water, now let's take a moment to look at the word baptize itself. Jesus tells us to baptize, we should know what it means. Well, in the ancient Greek language, the word baptize meant, its most basic level, to wash, or to dip in, or to dip under. One of the most common uses of the word for baptism, baptizo, was in fact for dyeing cloth. And so when I take these two cloth bags and I dip them in, make sure they get very, very wet, then after I have baptized these two pieces of cloth and go and pull them back out, they have changed. And so years later, when a man named John shows up in the wilderness at the Jordan River and is baptizing people, we can start to appreciate on just how many different levels they understand what John is talking about. He's telling them to repent of their sin, to turn back to God, to let go of the evil that they have done, to in some ways become God's people, to acquire a new identity and a new allegiance. And, and that much is, is absolutely clear. Just as God's people came through the waters of the Jordan into the promised land, now these people come through the waters of the Jordan into a new life with God in preparation for the kingdom that's coming through God's Messiah, God's promised King. But there's another level that they would have understood culturally that we often overlook is that these waters are not merely a, a barrier, some sort of symbolic you know, fence on the borders of the promised land. These waters would have been understood by them intuitively as chaotic forces that are difficult for us mere mortals to reckon with. In fact, representing the cumulative evil and destruction that we simply can't live in. And yet John is inviting them to trust God in coming down into the waters of baptism, trusting that God will raise them back up to new life again. And then of course Jesus comes up and what does he announce? He announces the coming of the kingdom of God. So now let's start to tie this together. 
in the United States, we see some of the ways that God has lifted his hands of restraint and allowed us to see and experience to a greater degree than the majority of us have in a very long time in the United States, begun to see some of the results of human chaos and wickedness inflicted on each other. And here's the reality. All of us have had a share in producing this. There is no one good, absolutely none, says God himself in scripture. But hear the good news. There is another king, a true king, and he cannot lose the election in November because he is not on the ballot. He already has all authority in heaven and on earth. God's kingdom is immovable, enduring, unshakable. Jesus announced its arrival 2,000 years ago, and he's been steadily building it since. And the invitation is open to absolutely anyone who will simply say yes, to change their allegiance to his kingdom, to acknowledge the wrong that we've done, to acknowledge what we've done and thought and wanted that's contributed to the chaotic mess and death of this world. And then at Jesus' invitation to immigrate with his people through the waters and out into life on the other side in baptism to be joined to him, receive life from him, new identity and new status from him, now, baptism is not the end of God's work in us. It's not the, the final goal. Baptism is the beginning. Baptism is God's clearing the ground for us to then receive new life, to be cultivated, to be more and more like Jesus. Baptism is the starting point of receiving that renewed identity and then living into the fullness of life that he has for us, step by step, day by day, growing into the likeness of Jesus himself. And this step of baptism is open to anyone who simply says, Lord Jesus, I give you my life and all the mass that I've made of it. Make me part of your people. And to anyone who simply, that's, that's your heart, that's your desire. He answers, he faithfully answers. And he invites you to enter the waters of baptism and by his Holy Spirit be made clean. Baptism is the exterior sign and seal of the interior work that God the Holy Spirit does in your work to renew you and again make you more and more day by day like Jesus. And so if that's your desire, get in touch with us. Message us on Facebook, email me at pastoringlewoodpc.org, and let's, let's enter a conversation. Would love to hear what God is doing in your life to bring you to this point, to this conversation, to this exploration. And for any of us who have already been baptized, the invitation is to remember our baptism with gratitude, but also to remember it Remember what God has begun in us and then join or rejoin what God is doing in us to make us new, to make us whole, to make us his. And having been brought into God's kingdom, having been made part of his family,
We are then invited to share this meal, the, the family feast, the national celebration, this supper of bread and wine, this modified Passover meal that celebrates God having passed over our sin and our wickedness and given himself in our place. Baptism is a one-time event to mark, again, our citizenship, our adoption. This meal, like eating in general throughout our lives, is something we do again and again and again. We are meant to be nourished and fed and sustained by this meal. And so, by our Lord's own instruction, we do what he did. We remember and we reenact that on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and after having given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his friends, saying, Take, eat, all of you. This is my body. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave the cup to them, saying, Take, drink, all of you. This is the cup of the new covenant, sealed in my blood for the forgiveness of sins of many. Do this, remembering me. The Apostle Paul tells us that as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, meaning we do it again and again and again as God's people, we proclaim the death of Jesus until he comes again and completes the work of making all things new. In your homes or out in the park or wherever you are joining us in worship here online, I invite you now to first pray with me and then to eat this bread and drink this cup as together as we can be under these circumstances. Let's, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for this gift to be brought into your family and then be fed again and again and again, like any good parent except far more than we can even imagine. You care for us. And so Holy Spirit, we ask you to come on these, your gifts of bread and wine, that as we eat trusting Jesus, his work, his finished work for us would be credited to us and be made our own. Renew us, guide us, lead us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Take, eat, all of you. These are the gifts of God for the people of God.